The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. John's here. Hello, John. What's on your mind today? What are you thinking? Well, I'm trying to get out from under my payments on my uh, new 60 or your new, new uh, you have a newer vehicle right okay. 2003 or whatever year yeah. it is 23 yeah I, i'm gonna fire up my uh uh 83 nissan Sentra. it gets 40 miles per gallon 83 nissan Sentra. thousand miles on it yeah how, how many miles are on it john about fifty thousand, if that much oh gosh you know it, it, nissan four-cylinder in those days pretty good it, it, was it well cared for or? uh yeah it just uh we ended up getting a, another one, a little larger, and uh, let it. It just parked it, and uh, I, we have a fleet of vehicles, probably eight, all under a hundred thousand miles. And uh, uh, two days ago, I actually fired up my '63 uh, Dodge Power Wagon. That's my wood wagon. Oh my gosh, the Power Wagon! Oh yeah, wow, that's, that's a Power a... Wagon with a slant six in it. That's a grunt. That's a grunt vehicle, isn't it? Yeah. It had had actually, I had to fix the brakes on it, Mm -hmm. and and it sat for two years, and it actually, with old gas in the tank, I I just put another five in, it actually fired up. The first time it turned over, I pulled the choke out. (laughs) You got to love that, uh, you know, that durability. Long stroke and and not that high of compression. Exactly. Simplicity. The simplicity of that, too. And you can still, I'll bet, get most of the parts for that, can't you? Uh, yeah, there's there's three places in the in the country where you can get parts. Plus, there's a lot of them you can get. Yeah, sure. You know, the uh, you were talking about this uh, Nissan Sentra, and it's funny how jingles will stick in your head. I remember how Nissan advertised that on radio and television back in the day. At that point, it was, new Nissan Sentra! You need this car. I could still remember that. I don't know why that just popped out of my brain all of a sudden. And well, this was what they called the MPG model. It actually got 40 miles per gallon. Yeah. It well, isn't it funny? We haul two, two people comfort. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly, two people. Isn't it funny, though? We're, we're told about how, oh, you got to get these new cars and, you know, because of uh, economy and such. There were 40 or and even 50 mile per gallon vehicles back in the 1980s, but... The way they uh, did that, though, is the is the standard ways that you made them lighter, right? It was they were pretty light right. cars. It's a real tin can. Yeah, and some will say, well, they're, they're not as safe. I suppose maybe not as safe, but uh, you know now they're getting to the point where every car has to weigh uh, two tons. Even a small, uh, even a small compact car has to weigh two tons, and uh, and then they wonder why it only gets twenty seven miles a gallon, right? That kind of thing, right? Mm. And, and my Crown Vic, uh, eighty eight Crown Vic. Is lucky if it gets 20 miles per gallon. But those Crown Vicks, once again, that's another one of those vehicles that uh, is, will go forever with proper maintenance. It really will. Yeah, it only has 30,000 miles. Mm. If there was one thing I would suggest since you have a, a fleet of old cars out there, and this is something that I've seen more and more uh, going in there, people that will keep cars around, they don't change the uh, coolant very often, and then you end up having problems with internal corrosion and head gasket problems. And so, I just recommend if you want to keep them going, change right. that uh, change that fluid. Just just I my had experience that on, on, on the seventy Datsun. Yeah, yeah, 
I just recommend that, especially with these aluminum head engines and things. And you you really got to change the change the coolant, even when they're sitting around. Just sitting around, it's going to uh, wear out, and and just uh, you know the chemical properties will start uh, deteriorating. So there we go. And one last thing, sure. Uh, just just for safety, you know, in case all it hits is the fan. I am a registered Democrat voting Republican. Really? Yeah. Registered. So you you register as a Democrat then as almost a stealth, right? Because I don't right? want to be on anybody's list as being a, a Republican. Oh, interesting. All right, John. <laughs> hey, appreciate the call. It's one way of doing it. Stealth uh, about as stealth as it gets. 21 after 7, 770 What's on your mind? This hour of the Bill Meyer Show is proudly sponsored by Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros on Main Street in Phoenix. Do you have an electrical checklist that needs to be completed? Call Completed Electric Plus. Need an exterior all-weather plug-in installed? Completed. A motion sensor light in your entry, pantry, or laundry room? Completed. Too many appliances tripping your breaker? Completed. RV outlet on the side of the house? Completed. Electrical jobs around the house get completed quickly, expertly, and affordably with licensed Text from Completed Electric Plus, specializing in small residential electrical jobs. Call Completed Electric Plus and check those jobs off your list. Visit them at completedelectricplus.com. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. They've been pushing Bidenomics. It's not working. Biden inflation went up 300% last month from a year ago. And you see the economy is, is sputtering along. You see... I mean, I think probably one of the worst statistics I've seen at this point is on top of the 60% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck, which is the worst. But between groceries and eating, Americans now are spending more of their income on food than they have in 30 years. That's the latest data from the USDA, which shows consumers spent more than 11% of disposable income on eating. Also at a time where they're spending the highest amount or percentage of their income on where they live. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. Hey, you can give your home a new look this year with premium custom window treatments from our friends at Blinds.com. Right now, you save 40% off site-wide. Now, you can choose from Roman and woven wood shades and shutters. My favorite, they're motorized options and much, much more. It's all 100% online. The better way to shop. No pushy commission salespeople in your home. Blinds.com, they make it simple, simple, easy, easy. Anyway, you can do the measuring, the installation yourself, or you can let Blinds.com handle all of it for you. No matter how many window coverings or window treatments you have, you only pay one low installation cost, whether it's one or 50. How cool is that? And forget about going through a long, boring, monotonous in-home consultation just to get a quote. Blinds.com also gives you free shipping and the best part, 100% satisfaction guarantee. What does that mean? If you're not happy, they will make it right. Anyway, shop Blinds.com right now. Save 40% off site-wide, 40% off for limited time at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The Bill Myers Show, 1063 KMED, 993 KCMD. Delighted to take your call, 770-5633, 770-KMED. I wanted to, uh, before I get to the calls here, I know Ann the Horse Lady is standing by. Ann, just be patient. I read a story, and I was uh, kind of uh, chuckling over this one, wondering how this will work out, because uh, everyone's trying to find a way to you know, get a little extra money coming into the cash register. You know, And if you're a company, it's fine. But did you hear what Wendy's? Do you hear what Wendy's, the fast food chain, is uh, planning on doing? They want to test out 
Uber-style surge pricing. In other words, you'd go get the hamburger at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and maybe it's 11 bucks, right, the 11-buck combo. And then you want the combo at 5 o'clock, and it's really busy in the drive-thru. Then it goes to 13 bucks. That's sort of how it worked. You know, they want to do it like Uber does it for congestion pricing. I don't know. Uh, would you actually like that? Would, you, would that be okay to actually be in the line and it's really busy and the price ends up going up on the billboard or on the electronic uh, menu board as you're in line? Now we're in congestion pricing. Yeah, we're going to charge you more for that. It's almost like the uh, fast food equivalent of what Pacific Power wants to do with everybody. They want you to use your smart meter and go for time of use. So if you actually buy a hamburger when you're actually hungry, you know, 5, 6 o'clock, you're going to pay more than if you buy it earlier. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if Americans are ready to go that direction. We'll see what they have to say, but that's what Wendy's is planning. And then, of course, if Wendy's is going to try it, Mickey Deals will try to do it and all the rest of them, too. I don't know. And the horse lady. Hello, Ann. What's on your mind, huh? I was listening to Eric. I love listening to Eric because he still knows about all the hot cars and stuff. And I was in my 20s running around with guys that had hot cars and hot boats. Cubic inches were up in the 400s. Um, Crated engines, 427s, 409s, all that kind of stuff. And you know what? It was great, great fun and hot and fast. 70 miles an hour with your hair on fire in a boat going across the water at 70 miles an hour pulling a skier in February. <laughs> oh, that, it was great in fun. February. You you would in do that practicing. Oh he was a wow! Ski race. He was a marathon ski racer, and he skied twenty five miles we, every morning when we were when we were up there, and it was just so much fun. And seventy miles an hour in a boat when it's February and the water's like glass. Oh, talk about fun! Oh, I'm so glad I came through that era. And so much of that was, I, I look back at that, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned to you, Ann, there was a time in my Monte Carlo that I would routinely go home from my girlfriend's house in the middle of the night, Ohio back roads. My mother's listening right now. Okay, my mother's listening right now. And I was 110, 120 miles an hour. I'd be pegging, you know, what I could do on the uh, speedometer, you know, assuming that was it. I did that routinely. And there are sure, times that... There, there are times I wonder, though, how I survived my childhood. And although I have to say, though, there were more times than I know there were a couple of friends that I buried in high school, you know, back in the day, too, because, you know, you, you'd go out, there was a, a little less attention paid to uh, drinking and driving, you know, in those days. And, oh, yeah, we buried a bunch of them in high school. Yeah. They were all they were all going fast. Yeah. And, and, and as much as I know, say, you know... There was a there was a real sense, there was a risk involved in that, but at the same time we were truly a freer people in many ways. Not that I'm advocating killing killing kids, uh, you know, with, with driving accidents, but now we've almost gone the absolute opposite direction in which every poor kid is just locked down and monitored to every extent. And and then if we aren't mock, locking them down or monitoring them, uh, we'll try to encourage them to change their gender, you know, through the government schools. So it's a it's a really strange change in the culture. Well, we're locking everybody down, Bill. Mm-hmm. They're trying to lock everybody down and force them into a, a pattern 
that you, it's hardly livable. Yeah, well, the challenge what? with well, the challenge with that though, Anne, you know, just to kind of add to your point, is that the kids don't seem to want to defend free speech and freedom because I don't think they lived freely. They don't know what's gone. Yeah, to them, they have no idea. Mm-hmm. They don't know what it is. And it's up to us, though, to make sure that younger generations understand the reason and why it's so important. And I'm sure I have no doubt the totalitarians are, you know, want all of us dead and gone. You know, we want oh, the boomers. We want the Xers dead and gone everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the call. Great story. We go to line two. Hi, KMD, KCMD. Good morning. Good morning. This is Pete from North Valley. Hello, Pete. What's on your mind? Huh? Uh, blast to the past. The uh, Honda CRX 84. Honda CRX. You know, I used to call that the nail tech car. Back when I was a young DJ then in Seattle. What's up? What, why'd you call that? Well, it always seemed to be, and, when I call, and I didn't mean that derisively. It, no. It's just that it, it, I swear that that was the CRX, the Honda CRX, that was the one that, um, that was the one kind of a flat, it was kind of a short car, right? Pretty small car. Extremely short. Yeah, looked like it was kicked in the behind, right? Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, yes. That's, uh, and that's so we always joked about that at the time, but... I swear that the people that ran the beauty shops and the nail techs, young women, just loved uh-huh. those cars, you know, at that time. But anyway, well, you've got one of those, right? The very, the very first one I ever drove was a friend of mine who's a model, and she fit that category. She was gorgeous, and she drove this little something of a Honda. Uh-huh. And she says, yeah, because I drive it from here to Seattle. I drive it from here to San Diego and so on. And I was like, okay. And I drove it, and it's like, is the gas gauge broken? You know, it was 47 miles to gallon to Phoenix. Yep. Arizona. Yep. You know, I, I was like, and I drove back and it was 48 miles to a gallon. It's like, what? You know, back in the day, yes, it was very bohemian, very primitive. It had roll-up windows as far as crank type. It was yeah. very basic. And by the way, that was with a carburetor, not even with fuel injection, yep. if I recall. Correct. That yeah, was the, a carburetor. The fuel injection came out a couple of years later in the 15. This was a 1300. And it was definitely a ticket getter if you're not careful. You know, it was so light as far as that goes. And also on the on the antifreeze changing, it's a great idea, but how do you circulate it? It's it's real important not to have pockets in there. I store Dotsons, mm-hmm. and um, again, it's electrolysis between the dissimilar metals between yeah. the, alum, the aluminum head and the and the cast iron block. And there's also brass in the fittings for the for the all the different switchings and so on as far as that goes. So uh, I drain mine, and I've I've done both drain it, and I've also tried to flush it. But I have a hard time flushing it because it takes a running motor, and if it's in storage, honestly, most people aren't running them. Oh, you know? so will you not have the corrosion problem if you drain it and store? Less. Uh, the only thing I find that goes bad is the cover for the thermostat. I pop the thermostat out. Because oh, yeah, the rubber dries out, right? No no fluid. Well, hmm. the thermostat is housing is actually kind of a pot metal rather hmm. than aluminum or steel, mm-hmm. and it has underneath it a brass thermostat. And that electrolysis, again, if it gets if the fluid stays up in there or if it starts to dry out, I find that it's better to let it dry than it is to have the fluid up there. Well, the one thing I will uh, can assure you, though, at talking to mechanics, and I've and I've watched a lot of YouTube videos of people uh-huh. taking apart engines, 
is that when you see an engine that has not had its fluid changed for a while and, and it ends up failing because the, there's either an overheating problem or yeah. there's an oiling problem and then it, they take it apart, it is astounding how much goop and corrosion and sludge ends up getting into the cooling system that uh, that ends up plugging up uh, uh, coolant holes on the block and everything else. It's just it's really smart though to keep that fluid fresh, and yes. it, it goes more goes bad more quickly than most people think. And it's kind of an unforgettable. Or you kind of forget about it if you if you're just doing a daily driver. It's just like okay, if the level goes down, I'll uh, I'll change it. But uh, regular maintenance, there's uh, no substitute for that really. Very true. Highly, right. highly suggest that's it. Excellent idea. Great hearing from you, Pete. Thanks for the call. And wonderful. This is uh, the Bill Myers Show. Since 1979, Dusty's Transmissions has been your go-to transmission experts, proudly serving our region for over 40 years. This family-owned, award-winning business has grown to become the largest specialized transmission and gear train shop from Portland to Sacramento. With 10 lifts and a custom remanufacturing facility, they're equipped to get you back on the road quickly. Dusty's Transmissions keeps inventory stock, minimizing downtime and saving you money. Trust the experts at Dusty's. 250 North Front Street, Central Point. Dusty's Transmissions. You'll always find me hanging around there. Coming up on the next Hughes Lumber. When two by fours get together, only one thing can happen. Walls get built. Check out the studs, followed by contractors and do-it-yourselfers. Featuring lumber, hardware, and siding. Starring decks, additions, and ADUs. It's the return of home enhancements. But watch out for that naughty pine. Get the best build for your buck values at Hughes Lumber. Your top show for quality, price, selection, service. So don't miss Hughes Lumber on Crater Lake Highway next to Garrison's. The Greater Grants Pass Rotary Club proudly presents First Crush on Saturday, March 2nd. Sample the Rogue Valley's very best local wineries, breweries, and restaurants at the Josephine County Fairgrounds. For only $60, you'll have a wonderful time while raising money for the Josephine County Food Bank, Rock Food Pantry, Sleep in Heavenly Peace, the Josephine County Library Foundation, U-71-5, Reach Charter School, and Legacy Family and Leadership. Thank you to our sponsors, Evergreen Federal Bank, Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, and Southern Oregon Sanitation. Plus our media sponsors, KCMD 99.3 Grants Pass, KMED 106.3, Q100.3, and Cool FM. This event is 21 and over. Tickets are on sale at Sandy's Candies and the Josephine County Chamber of Commerce or online at firstcrushtickets.com. We'll see you at First Crush Saturday, March 2nd from 4 to 7 p.m. at the Josephine County Fairgrounds. 1063 KMED, 993 KCMD, and this is the Bill Myers Show. And like Lisa Kelly said, see you at First Crush this Saturday. And it's uh, starting at 4. I'll be the MC and lots of food fun and, of course, uh, fundraising for great nonprofits here in Southern Oregon. Okay? All right. Before we end up, uh, get um, State Senator Linthicum on the uh, Skype here. I want to get a couple of emails of the day. Emails of the day sponsored by Central Point Family Dentistry. CentralPointFamilyDentistry.com. It's right next door to uh, the Mazatlan Mexican Restaurant. Check them out at CentralPointFamilyDentistry.com. And they have a well-stocked retail nook with dental hygiene products. And they'll sell those to you absolutely no markup. It's at their cost. Water picks, uh, special electric toothbrushes, prescription toothpaste, and all that. They want to make sure that you're taken care of. Central Point Family Dentistry. And I'm going to give an email of the day to Paul Princeton. And Paul writes, Bill, the green agenda in a test tube. 
Bill, to have some idea of what future is coming at us, and by the way, this is why you need to resist these, uh, these goons, by the way, Paul, it's useful to look at a small country that is ahead of us in implementing the green agenda. It's like observing what happens at a test tube of or Uncle Million's ant farm, right? The Dutch Utility Commission is petitioning the government to implement a blackout time slot for recharging electric vehicles from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. This is to relieve the overburdened power grid. Meanwhile, coal power plants are decommissioned. Natural gas plants are not far behind. At the same time, Holland is laying out the red carpet for server farms, which are energy hogs from the likes of Google and Microsoft. To put it in perspective, the server farms AMS1 uses roughly the same amount of power as the city of Amsterdam. Curiously new construction, most of it to accommodate refugees, he puts that in uh, air quotes, will have to wait many years to be hooked up to the power grid. So diesel generators are being installed. Green indeed. Wait, there is hope. Wind farms off the coast are rapidly expanding to take up the shortfall. One dare not ask why there is a sharp increase in the incidence of whale beachings that curiously coincides. Hmm. At this time, Microsoft is building a new data center north of Amsterdam on cheap land. Read farmland taken by eminent domain. Heck, who needs farmers and electric power? It will magically appear. Have faith in the overlords. Email of the day from Paul Prince and Prince, uh, Mr. Prince, and I appreciate you writing the email bill at BillMyersShow.com. State Senator Linthicum, after news, next. Siskiyou Pump Service and Rotary Drilling Company. Two. By the way, before we talk to uh, State Senator Linthicum, David Hutchings writes from Kaiser, says, uh, Bill, that guy who dismantles engines, I suspect the guy you're referring to on YouTube is I Do Cars. That's exactly it, uh, David. And David adds, I'm an old mechanic. What I don't know about 2002 and newer engines. Wow, I've been learning a lot. It's very educational, really is. And, of course, a lot of fun. I I just love watching that channel. There's another aspect of that which is interesting, too, is that it took him. You can find out which uh, vehicles are the most reliable, too, by what he never gets. It took him years to finally get a Ford 300 uh, cubic inch six-cylinder engine that had been blown up. Because they're so reliable, he, he just never get them. And he finally got one. It was interesting to, 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 watch, to watch what doesn't make it in there, too. State Senator Linthicum is live from the Capitol this morning in Salem. How are you doing this morning, Senator? Welcome back. Good to have you on. You bet. It's always nice to be here. Um, I enjoy listening to Eric and you uh, go through the auto uh, world and your listeners, too. I, I was never a car guy. You were. And, huh? um, and, you were a computer guy, right? That's really where yeah, you were. Yeah, I was. And so, uh, you know, somewhat of a geek. Uh, my brother was the car guy. So, you know, he, he I would always stand around and watch him. And he, he was having a blast, you know, in that arena. And he's still really good at it. And and I, I just never... It never caught my attention. That's okay. We have different skills and interests, but that's what uh, a free people should be engaging in. You know, today, uh, your brother would most likely be forced into learning how to code. 
right? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter if he's interested in mechanical things. He needs to learn how to code in order to, you know, uh, build the digital gulag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, and and that that's the beauty, I think, of of our the Republican mindset. I'm not saying Republicans have done this well, but the Republican mindset is one of individual liberty. You have you you cannot walk. No person listening to this show can walk into a crowded room and find someone that is their equal, whether we're talking about height or weight or shoe size or what, even two twins, triplets, quadruplets, however we want to identify these people, there are no other people that are your equal. Every person is unique. You have different skills. You've got different um, desires. You've got preferences. You've got mental acuity. Uh, wait a minute, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, you saying this, though, you're going to blow a hole in my theory of getting rich by suing the NBA, demanding equity for being a short, <laughs> you know, heavyset guy. You know, there needs to be equity and, and, and diverse representation. It shouldn't just be all tall, skinny, athletic people. That are on the NBA. And isn't that interesting that nobody cares about the NBA being, you know, um, of one particular race, color or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. We we know they're not all of the same country of origin. So the only thing that um, you could hang and they're not all the same religion and Uh they're not all the same political party. But we've said uh, in this case, their quote, race isn't, um, you know, uh, an unfortunate circumstance. It's an advantage. And and quite frankly, that's not true. The NBA and the NFL, these teams have been built on merit. You're the best pitcher. You're the best quarterback. You're the best right tackle. But how long does that exist, Senator? As long as the uh, as the infection of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusivity is out there, because look at what it has done, what has been done, the absurdity that we are demanded to, that people are demanding that you salute in in female sports right now, in which some guy masquerading as a female is able to go in there and kill all the women, right? What well, is that? It, it, It's dangerous is what it is. It's destructive to our American ideals. We see it happening. It's it's destructive to women's sports. Uh, You know, there was a team last week, I can't even remember the event where the the girls team, uh, three girls got hurt and they walked off the court and said, look, we forfeit. We're not willing to sacrifice our lives for the joy of uh, men beating us, you know, it's, it's just absurd. And, you know, this is why essentially I'm banned from the ballot because I was willing to stand against this, um, you know, absurd. um, Well, you would not bend the knee. You would not bend the knee to the lie is essentially what you would not do. Here's what I don't understand, Bill. I don't understand how academia could float an idea like this and how literally millions of people could fall for it. Like that doesn't it isn't truth a real thing that we can identify. I could I can see that you are a man I can see that it, your wife is a woman, Definitely. and I have no no trouble identifying one from the other or recognizing your family relationship that you 
that you bore, two of you bore children and they're of different, you know, genders or sex or whatever we want to call it. And, and how in the world did this get sprung on the American mind? And everybody said, yeah, that's a great idea. That's good. This will be beneficial. This will help us out. And that's really a hard thing to get around. But once you see that it's happening, now we've got to put our feet to the concrete and our backs to the grindstone or nose to the grindstone and backs to the rope and pull with all our might to correct the cultural malaise. Yeah, and, and, that, right and that also means you have to defend the people that are coming under attack by these, uh, these essentially uh, Marxists, I think is one way to uh, determine one person said Marxist, you know, a combination of Marxism and uh, narcissist, I think, yeah, in there too. And yeah, and this 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 was documented. I know where this comes from. This was documented during the 1960s. There were two Marxist professors at Columbia University, Francis Piven and mm -hmm. um, Richard Cloward, and they they wanted they were communist Marxist destructionists. They wanted to destroy capitalism. And the way you destroy it, though, is to bring in the disorder. And if there's if there if and they brought it in through essentially uh, gender and sexual issues in many ways. That's right. And their theory was we can destroy the capitalist safety net delivery system by loading everybody into the safety net. Mm -hmm. And then the safety net, the hammock can no longer support the weight because we put the entire population into there. And they put the population into there on inappropriate grounds. It's sex, it's race, it's religion, it's any... It's foreigners. We have foreigners coming across the southern border from China, from uh, Honduras, from Nicaragua, from Costa Rica, from Ecuador, from Mexico. Um, and they're they're coming from all over the world and they're all piling into the safety net and the safety net will break. It cannot support them all. Everybody recognizes this. And this is the this is the key to the Piven and Cloward or Cloward and Piven, whichever way mm -hmm. they they refer to their idiocy, these guys knew this would happen because they knew it was an intractable problem that uh, politicians couldn't solve because there's just too much political pressure. They're all activists. They're all looking for something, and it's a really dangerous development. Yeah, my concern is that uh, we're dealing with uh, generational revolutionary thinking. And generational. When I talk about generational, not everyone of uh, of youth, you know, is uh, is thinking in the uh, insane way, but the ones that are are in charge of the system, and that is, uh, you know, how to fight something which has taken over all the institutions is a uh, is a big, so far intractable problem. But the one thing you can't do is uh, bend the knee and agree to the lie. And that's why I'm glad to hear that uh, Diane is running in your stead since you have been illegally, in my opinion. Well, technically legally, but uh, unlawfully <laughs> yeah. uh, been uh, barred from uh, from seeking reelection this year. So she's going to be in the May primary, right, in your stead. 
That's right. And right now, uh, she uh, people love her. She's got a great mind. She's been, you know, at my side for 44 years. Mm -hmm. Um, She's uh, working hard in the office. She's been in the office for eight years. She understands all of this stuff just as well as you and I. Yeah, well, it would still be the equivalent of, you know, two length incomes for the price of one, just like it's been when she's been with you all these years. So it works. Okay. That's that's right. I'm good with that. uh, If actually, and so people can send, you know, send stuff to elect Dennis because I have the campaign account. If you want to put a sign in your yard, um, let me know and we'll um, be passing out Diane Linthicum for state Senate signs here um, very shortly. She's having a blast. You know, I'm kind of curious about something about uh, 113, this uh, despicable bill that was uh, that was pushed by the public employee unions. They wanted you all out. Okay, they didn't want any resistance. And uh, enough people were fooled to make this happen. Could anybody who was bounced out in this election cycle go back in next time or are you permanently barred from ever running? Yeah, no, it's actually just for one election cycle. So even if I'm not allowed to run for a Senate, but in two years I could run for the House position or in four years I could run for the Senate again. And um, and it would, you know, so that that was a a, so a young a younger individual would have, you know, more than one whack at the apple. They could um, if the public and See, here's the important part. Right now, I've been banned because voters in Portland don't like my conservative perspective. The people in Klamath County, Jackson County, Southern Deschutes, uh, as far as I can tell by the notes and emails that I receive and the praise that both Diane and I get when we're on the road and we voice these logical concepts— they love this conservative perspective and want our voice to be heard mm. in Salem. And Salem doesn't have um, room for this. They want their power and they want it without um, the concentrated controls that they have are letting them um, burden the public and break the system. At some point, their goal is just like the the Piven and Cloward, you know, mindset is break the system. And as soon as you get insiders tearing the system apart, like somebody needs to write me a note and say, this is why Biden is letting 12 million illegals come into the U.S. because and then give me three you know, succinct reasons. And then also tell me why some of them are from Nigeria, some of them are from Bulgaria, some of them are from... And you and I are supposed to believe that the United States of America was created with a goal towards oppression and racism and the demise of the indigenous and native people. Oh, it's amazing how many want to come here to the land of oppression and uh, and the death of everybody indigenous. Okay, got it. Yeah, right. Like you know, like these things just are incongruent. They don't make sense. How do you get this many people dying to come to the United States of America? And um, when they know that the United States of America is this this oppressive bastion of whiteness and their home countries, all, you know, of some variety of pigmentation or another, are somehow 
pursuing them with hatred. And so none of this makes sense. And, and this is why people have to stand up for truth. Look at, we know what's true. And we know America has been one of the greatest nations on the, on the face of the earth. And we also know that men have made mistakes. And men have, there are bad men of every height and weight. There are bad men of every shoe size. And there are bad individuals of every skin color. That doesn't mean that America was created to pursue oppression of those who are different than any of us. Hmm. You know, there was a headline yesterday in Washington Post, speaking of the immigration here, uh, Senator. Senator Dennis Linthicum with me. The headline from the Washington Post, the economy is roaring. Immigration is a key reason. (laughs) So in other words, the the illegal immigration is the key reason. I don't know, though. Maybe they're counting all the government spending that's going into housing the unhoused migrants at the hotel motels. Maybe that's what they're thinking of. And it's just exploding. Could be. Well, yeah, so see, that's the, there's the big problems are the, the printing presses are rolling hotter than ever. Can we ever be a free people as long as we have that printing press, the ability just to essentially bypass uh, taxpayer restraint on the government? Can we ever really be a free people again? With that. Yeah, no, the answer is clearly no. Mm. Um, we we should have control over taxes. We should be able to vote. Nope, we're not doing that. And we send um, these panty waist guys to Washington who say, sure, it doesn't hurt anybody. Let's just roll the printer again. Mm. And um, uh, the problem with all of this is, is that they're counting in GDP if they give every illegal alien in New York City a debit card with $10,000 on it. The trouble with that is they're counting that $10,000 as part of GDP. Yeah, they count that as economic uh, as as an economic good, government spending, which uh, unfortunately is not really necessarily productive. It's not really productive. It's like gross domestic product doesn't mean gross domestic productive product. Yeah, r- Right. There, this, the, the, produce, the production of economic benefit doesn't, doesn't equate because you had to have somewhere else on the books where there was an enormous liability and that you trade this, this enormous unpayable, unearned, un, um, the, the loan, loan money that you can never pay back. How does how does anybody ever recoup that? Yeah. You know, Francine uh, sent a, a question here, uh, Senator. I think it's an interesting question and says, how can these migrants, and let me see if I can bring it up again, uh, how can these migrants repair their uh, repair our economy when they came here because they couldn't fix their own? Oh, well, see, the, the, this is, again, where the story falls apart. They can't fix their own because of the oppression, and that's what they're fleeing. They're freeing uh-huh. oppression. They're looking for a free economy. And then they come into our economy, and in, in, a, in normal circumstances, it would be a free economy, and they could do anything they wanted. Daily, we see 
um, individuals of, of all kinds of various backgrounds and skill sets excelling in this experiment in self-governance and freedom. And as they excel in this American experiment, by the way, which we never call it the Taiwanese experiment or the Chinese experiment or the Nigerian experiment, it's always the American experiment because America is the only place where your creativity, your innovation, your merit, your integrity, your honesty get rewarded. And that's what needs to be encouraged, you know, that that merit. And that's what we're missing at the moment. Hey, uh, Dennis, I know you're going to have to head out of here pretty soon. I have to ask you a question here before we take off, though. And um, we're getting down to the brass tacks here in the uh, legislative session. Would you mind updating on what it's looking like for House Bill 4002 in the Senate? And this is the fix for Measure 110. And a lot of people yeah. would just prefer it be repealed, but I know the Democrats are pushing this to try to stave off a ballot measure to actually repeal this atrocious legislation. What do you think? Right. And and I think Republicans have fallen uh, a little bit for the notion that the, the, they want to be fixers. They w- don't want this problem to um you know, uh, continue. And this is a good thing. I want it fixed too. And I think we could fix it by repealing it better than we can fix it with this. What this program is, is this, this creates an office. So that that's the language. Uh, the office for drug prevention and treatment is created within the governor's office. So she runs the whole thing in a, and this would be part of the, uh, the, the fix for 110, right? I just right. be- this is fixed for 110. It's all about money. It's all about, you know, uh, garnishing money for NGOs and nonprofits mm-hmm. and private sector. And every one of this, um, prog- here's A, programs for drug intervention and treatment. B, programs administered by the direction of OHA. C, programs provided by OHA with public or private uh, nonprofits for uh facilities. Okay, so the fix for measure 110 then is uh, is kind of like what Dwayne Dwayne Yunker was saying the other day. This is this is about sending money to the Democratic Party friends. It's really about what yeah. this is, is concentrating on. Well, D programs funded E programs for F programs administered G programs providing H programs. And and so all of this program 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 is is just this giant cash cow to fund grantees of community violence and prevention to provide uh, that was sub a on a different section grantees that provide comprehensive community for c grantees that provide uh, drug abuse deep residential treatment facility grantees <laughs> E, sub-grantees that are providing substance abuse, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Now, does this mean you're a no vote on uh, House Bill 4002 when it comes to the Senate? Is that what you— This this means I am a no vote oh. when it comes to the Senate. This is, this is just—remember, we started this conversation. We were talking about uh, Cloward and Piven. And we said they were going to break the system by loading too many services— too many programs, too many gotchas into legislative uh, domain that the state couldn't possibly service. Okay. Well, I'll take that to the bank then. I'll take that to the bank. All right. The uh, 
the, the part I found interesting is that I was looking at some of the coverage of this uh, House Bill 4002 bill to fix supposedly Measure 110. And what has concerned me is that they talk about $30 million for the counties to help uh, create, you know, diversion for uh, people uh, arrested for, for being drug addicts, you know, that kind of thing. And for uh, <laughs> the problem is that $30 million, you know that, Senator, $30 million is a drop in the bucket for all these counties to do that. That, that's right. Do do the math. There are 36 counties. So just, you know, and do, do we really think that that Klamath County is going to receive the appropriate amount of money for for that for their necessity? Well, look what OHA did. OHA uh, slithered a million and a half dollars just alone to Jackson County uh, for Stabbing Wagon for the respite center. So the county would get less, you know, than than that. And it almost sounds like this whole idea of uh, of getting the counties involved in this is almost a bait and switch to get people to think, oh, okay, well the county's taking care of it. They're, then they're on the hook. They'll they'll make sure and make it work. I I I'm suspicious well, of this, Senator. The, the, okay, the total bill for this is two hundred and ten million dollars. Then that's just to get off the starting blocks. Mm-hmm. And then 30 of that goes to the counties. Well, where does the other $190 million go? And, um, and these are questions that, uh, that are never resolved because it's in such flowery language about diversity and equality. And, oh, it would be much smarter and shorter and right to the point, just repeal 110. But uh, the Democrats <laughs> yeah, aren't going to yeah. go there, are they? Yeah, you you radio guys are always good at getting to the point. Yeah, indeed we are. Senator, uh, thank you so much for the uh, for the update on this one. So you're going to be a no vote. I don't know. I don't know if there are enough no votes. <sighs> My concern is that a lot of Republicans want to be on the side. Oh, we want to make it look like we're doing something, even though I don't think it'll necessarily help. That's too bad. Well, and the and the real problem with that is in the upcoming election cycle, what we will hear is bipartisan, 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 bipartisan. Republicans, Republicans join in to solve 110. And Republicans should join in to solve 110. But I'd like to see at least a Republican idea on the page. Page. There's no Republican ideas on the page, and so we're not, quote, joining in. We're just, um, you know, pretending to go along with the crowd. All right. Appreciate the call there. State Senator Linthicum on Skype. We appreciate you checking in from Salem. We'll talk next Wednesday as we uh, getting down to the final few days of this session. And uh, we'll see you then. Thank you very much. Be well. You bet. Thank you for a great show. Talk to you next week. Always good talk there, Senator. Six after eight, KMED, KMED, HD1, Eagle Point, Medford, KCMD, Grants Pass, translator K294AS, Ashland at 1067FM.